Okay, well, this is happening. It's sad to me that women should feel bad about wanting to have a fuckboy. It's, it's like taking the nicest poop you've had and putting it back in. Sit on my face. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I may or may not have daddy issues. <laughs> but we have mommy issues. I am a unique man. And I deserve nothing but the best. Hello and welcome to Men and Women by Men Who Don't Know Women. I'm John. My co-host is called Adam. And today we have Brianna Raider on the show to talk about her new app called Juicebox, which uh, is an app that pairs people with professional sex and relationship coaches. It's an awesome app. We love the work that they're doing. You can find it uh, on the iOS app store. Right now it has five-star rating. Um, so if you like it, also rate them. But you should definitely try it out. You can download the app for free and get a free five-day trial. And if you decide to sign up, Please use the code men and women. That's men ampersand women. And we get a little kickback from that. So that would support the show. You would be improving your love life. And everybody wins. So go check out the Juicebox app on the App Store. I'm going to stop for now because the whole episode is about this app. So I hope you enjoy. And thanks for listening. Love you. much for having me. Juicebox is an app in the iPhone app store only right now and it's completely free to download and we pair people one-on-one with professional sex and relationship coaches. These are counselors and educators. They're vetted. They have PhDs in human sexuality and they're certified coaches. Oh wow. And how do you how did you connect with these coaches or how do you how do you, yeah, how how do you get you into it? Connect with them and start. And then how do you vet them? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, my <laughs> my background is that I grew up in Tennessee. I had very little access to comprehensive sex education growing up, and that's kind of where my passion from this comes. Actually, in college, I founded a small nonprofit to provide sex ed to college students, and it was super controversial. The state actually got involved. Oh, wow. They legally... They legally condemned me with a bill through the House and Senate, and they defunded my organization, and I was on the Bill O'Reilly show, and it just oh, kind shit. of blew up. Yeah. <laughs> As a college student, that all happened? Yeah, <laughs> right. You were way more productive in college than I was. I, I feel like I didn't... I'm still not involved, and it's been a while. What was so, so con- controversial about it? I think just the political environment, we are providing completely comprehensive information, meaning that we talked about pleasure, we talked about LGBT people, it wasn't just like condoms or abstinence focus. So that's what kind of inspired me. And I I hired some of these coaches then to come to the university. And really interacting with these professionals changed my life and changed a lot of other students life. And I really wanted to expand access to this kind of expertise. I mean, usually hiring a professional is $200 an hour or more and only available in urban settings. And so I wanted to make this really accessible. Uh, That's why it's free to download. And then it's only $24 per week to access these coaches. And the coaches always get back to you within 24 hours and are available seven days a week. Oh, that's awesome. It just to go back to what you were saying before, do you think that uh, did, did you go to college in the same state in Tennessee? Yes. Uh, do you think that um, the reason why that, that this, it got so far to hit the, the House and the Senate 
Do you think that was just because it was a red state and it was that controversial? Or do you think it was controversial across the board and in other areas? We're located in Boston, so it's a much more, to me, it's almost difficult for me to fathom something like that because it's so liberal over here. And it's, uh, to me, I feel like it's a little more open. I do think that that particular problem was because of the politics and the, like you said, the red state. I think the religious impact and the political environment, I think that a lot of the local politicians you know, jumped on that and used it as a political tool. But I do believe that people across the country, regardless of politics or region, definitely need help with their sex lives. I mean, it's been shown that one in 10 men are suffering from erectile dysfunction, and it's on the rise in young men, particularly. And a lot of people cite it's because of our wide access to pornography. And 50% of couples are reporting that they're unsatisfied with their sex lives. And then the other statistic I like to talk about is the orgasm gap, where 65% of women are having orgasms, where 95% of men are having orgasms regularly during sex. So there's lots of problems. I mean, it depends on, uh, I don't think it's dependent on your region or uh, politics. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, yeah, even even though, like we said, we do live in a very liberal area, I mean, growing up, our sex ed was extremely limited and um, short-sighted and like you're saying it's, it lacks this comprehensive approach um, and we've talked about that with other people on the podcast before and I think it's a, a really important issue so I think it's great that you are um, addressing that. Um, have you found people are responding well to the uh, coaching that they've uh, received through your app? Yeah, definitely. I think that the main things are the affordability and then the anonymity. You can, can stay completely anonymous while working with these coaches. I think the benefit is that they're available to you seven days a week. They always get back to you within 24 hours compared to you meeting with a professional once per week. Uh, you can type your thoughts and emotions throughout the week. You don't have to wait till that appointment time and pay that large cost. Some of our common use cases are uh, men with erectile issues, women in relationships that are you know, not orgasming or dissatisfied with their sex lives, and then something else that we're helping a lot with is uh, singles that are struggling with online dating. And so we'll actually look at your online dating profile, review text messages, help you plan dates, and, and support you in, in that whole process and give you confidence while dating. Oh man, I love that. That that was like a, a, a huge impetus for us starting this podcast. <laughs> is that Adam and I both got out of long term relationships and we were starting dating again. And over the course of our relationships, is when the uh, like online dating space really got popular. Um, and so and so like we had we we could have used we could have really used your app when we <laughs> first started this podcast. I'm sure we still can use your app, but um, but we we've made a little bit of headway by doing this. But anyway, Adam has a, a question. <laughs> yeah, I have my finger up. He can't, uh, thank God he can't see me. I'm a mess over here. Um, but um, one one thing is, is, did you feel that um, being in Tennessee or, or a, a place that may be less uh, liberal in, in their sex education, I would say, again, like as John mentioned, we have our faults over here is just as much. Um, but was that sort of a, something that kind of was an impetus to get you into this at all? Definitely. I, I'm now in San Francisco. I went to grad school in San Francisco. Well, now you're in the Mecca. 
yeah, my my, <laughs> up, my upbringing in San, uh, in Tennessee definitely impacted my passion for this because we're told from a very young age that you know sex is shameful. We're not supposed to talk about it at school, at work, with our our friends and family, and then suddenly we're adults. And we're expected to be amazing at sex and relationships, even though we've never been taught how to be. And then when we're not amazing, like we see in the movies or in TV shows or, you know, what our friends are telling us, then we have a lot of shame about it. And I believe it's a life skill. And I believe that people should have access to expertise and resources with this, just like you do with finance or another aspect of your life. So how did you um, you get into this? It's it's. Um... It's, it's definitely something that I think carries around a stigma, uh, something that John and I faced, or at least on my end. I was, I'm, I'm still very scared to release my actual identity to the world, um, just because it's, I talk about some such open things, and it, it kind of scares me a little bit for other people to um, see that and, and know that it's me the one saying it. Uh, mm. how, did, how did you get into that, and how did you get comfortable in that world? Well, I identify as queer. I date men and I date women as well. And I think that that identity definitely impacts it because I had to confront these very personal questions at a young age. And once you've uh, come out as queer, I think that a lot of things seem a lot less scary from then on. Uh, I think that's why maybe queer people have an easier time talking about sex than a lot of straight people I know because they had to confront this topic, even with their parents. so I think that's <laughs> part of it. And I I just believe that you should be able to talk about these intimate topics the same way you talk about what you want to eat for dinner. I mean, there, there just shouldn't be that level of shame around it. I still can't figure out what I want to eat for dinner on a given day. But um, <laughs> what, uh, how was that like coming out? Um, did you come out while you were in Tennessee? Uh, did your family receive it well? And did your, what, were your, what was it like with your friends? I I definitely came out at a later stage in life once I moved to San Francisco, just because San Francisco has such a a warm welcome around that topic that it definitely makes it easier. And I think actually a lot of It's like a booth at the airport where you can just just declare it. Do you have anything to declare? Like, um, I'm queer. (laughs) Like, oh, great. That's awesome. Well, welcome aboard. Right. And I think a lot of people in uh, the space, in the sexual wellness space, actually identify as queer, too. It's a, it's a common theme. I think that people that just are drawn to the space have that identity or a lot of people that have that identity just like ask questions more deeply about that topic and then uh, build a profession in it. Hmm. And has your uh, dating or sex life improved over the course of you developing this app? Definitely. That's why I feel like I wanted to build this product because I noticed the change in my personal life when I had access to these coaches because I had an epiphany that this is kind of a fundamental part of your life and you deserve pleasure and you deserve to have access to knowledge around these topics. And so after I had that epiphany, I realized that it's not only having access to the knowledge, but also the role models. And that's what the coaches are to me and learning how to communicate about these topics because at the core of it, Spock's mission is definitely to talk about sex and relationships and teach people how to talk about this. And then combining that with the skills of, you know, um, tan- more tangible exercises and, and 
techniques to use in bed. But I think it's given me the confidence to have not only better relationships, but even better one night stands. And I really know how to get what I want and communicate what I want uh, on dates or in the bedroom. I love that statement of better one night stands because it completely takes away the stigma of just wanting to for two open parties to want to um, have sex and, and just be open with each other and not have to. It's it's I, I think that's a, one that's a great statement. But I have a two part question for you. One, do you have any stigma of people that you're dating or seeing now um, with what you do? And is there any um, like, oh, I know better or I'm better than the experts or things like that? And if there is, um, and, you, and you said that you date both men and women, is there a difference between what you do and how it's received between men and women? <laughs> I, that's a good question. I think that the coaches that I work with um, and, and me, since I'm in the field too, whenever we're in a room or in a conversation, suddenly people feel comfortable talking about sex because it's like the sex person has walked into the room and they're just like the the prompt that it's okay to talk about <laughs> this. So I think I learn more intimate details about people's lives than what most people, other other friends know because people just feel comfortable sharing that information with Absolutely, me. Which yeah, I, they trust you more, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's, I'm. it's very humbling and I, I'm privileged to have uh, you know, those kinds of intimate conversations. And I think that's really the difference between the coaches and people like myself is that we don't carry around as much shame when having these conversations, because I feel like what I would call like lay people, they really struggle, you know, on a date saying, you know, I am looking to have sex tonight. And these are the three things that I really enjoy in bed. What do you enjoy? I mean, a lot of people can't even imagine saying those words out loud or saying, hey, I'm really enjoying flirting with you. Um, uh, you know, people oh, that just scares like, me. You just gave me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, once you see these role models and once you actually practice in the app having these conversations, saying things like that doesn't seem as um, scary or abnormal because it's one thing to read a blog or listen to a podcast, but it's another to actually actively communicate back and forth with your assigned coach and learn uh, the vocabulary and kind of normalize this behavior. Right, and then it's almost like once, yeah, you, you, you get that practice and you, you figure out how to communicate these feelings or desires or ideas, and then once you do with people, it becomes a lot easier because most of the time, they're, the consequences are actually quite positive and wonderful. Is that what you found? Yeah, definitely. I, I love seeing the you know, success stories from Juicebox. I've seen a, a man come in to use us. He was in his early 50s. He was struggling with performance anxiety and erectile issues. I, I told you not to mention me. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm <laughs> So we were immediately able to, you know, talk to him about those specific issues. But it was really amazing to see the conversation evolve into talking about his marriage with his wife and realizing he had never actually had a conversation with his wife about what she enjoyed in bed and seeing that transformation and um, them actually being able to have much more enjoyable sex for both parties, which kind of resulted in having sex much more frequently. And so that's an example of a success story. I think we've also, you know, given women their the knowledge they need and the support they need to have their first ever orgasms. 
Um, and so I think after having access to these coaches uh, and working with them, people are definitely walking away having happier relationships or more empowering sex lives. Uh, actually, the way it works, I haven't talked about this as much, but after you download the app, you're paired with a matching expert named Caitlin, and she actually talks to you about what your goals and issues are, and then she matches you with the coach that's best for you because we have different coaches that specialize, whether it be in erectile issues or dating, and we match you based on you know kind of your wants and needs. So you get um, so if, if you're on the app and you have a specific issue, you get one coach. Um, yeah. What happens mm-hmm. if your issue changes? Would you still see that one coach that you're comfortable with, or do you move into a different kind of um, like like say I, I let's say again is your example erectile dysfunction? So I have erectile dysfunction. And then later I'm looking for, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, further intimate issues with my wife. Is, would that change me to a different expert? Most people decide to stay with the same coach because that most general topics all of our coaches can, can talk on. I would say that all of our coaches identify as generalists. But let's say that you really want to learn about kink or uh, BDSM, then we might ask you if you want to switch to the BDSM coach. But I think one of the benefits is really getting to uh, grow a connection with the coach and get to know them over time. Well, I love the uh, idea of a BDSM coach. I was, like, I was you gonna, tie those ropes. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's interesting that you have a coach specifically for BDSM. Uh, what, I mean, what do they, I mean, what, what is, what is their scope of, what they do. I mean, do they, uh, are they talking to people who are want to explore that and they help them, uh, f- find certain ways of like easing into that lifestyle or, or is it like it up with the partner maybe? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious what, what the, what the BDSM coach does. Yeah. Well, actually we have a lot of coaches that specialize on a lot of different things. I think I, I generally mention the most general ones first, but there's BDSM kink, there's sex after birth. A lot of people don't understand that for a year after birth, sex can be incredibly difficult for women as they heal their bodies again and get used to a huge disruption in their in their life of bringing a child into the home. Uh, we have coaches that specialize in sex after trauma uh, for people that are survivors of assault and rape. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of different um, specific topics that we work on for... Uh, I think the BDSM and pleasure focused clients are some of our favorite ones because uh, the coaches get to really use their more um, like creative uh, solutions instead of just saying like, oh, you've never orgasmed before. Okay, let's start here. So our BDSM and kink uh, friendly coaches would talk about, you know, anything from a bondage uh, and actual techniques around rope or just like conversations of how to have it with your partner, uh, explore safe sex activities, depending on what kind of kink you want to engage in or uh, pushing you in the right direction around how to find other kink communities. Very interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's, um, <clears throat> do you have, uh, again, to kind of bring it back into, um, Back, back to how you started. Um, is there was there a driving force to what brought you into this world of it? I, I feel like it's a it's yeah. a very niche area. Well, 
I, I don't think it's niche at all because uh, everyone has sex and a lot of people are unhappy with their sex lives. I would say it's actually extremely fundamental uh, yeah, to the, the human kind of experience. The opposite of niche. Yeah. Well, it's niche in the aspect that nobody, that it's so stigmatized that people don't talk about it. The idea of even talking about your kink right. in public in, a, in an area is, it's traumatizing it's scare so scary to so many people yeah that, i guess I mean, it's that's like the niche part of it it's is almost like non-obviously unique in a way rather than like niche but it does like apply to essentially every human being yeah it's almost like a breathing coach where like you can learn to breathe and you can you actually can better uh aspects of getting more vascularity you can become stronger you become quicker you become all these different things and you can become more centered but so little people go into that realm of it and, and really dive deep into such a basic aspect of life. Sure. I think the well, main difference then is that not many people are shameful about their breathing. I don't know, I don't know about you. I, I'm, but, I'm but constantly I, I covering know, my mouth. I don't know a whole lot about that, so I might be speaking out of turn. But I'm sorry, I think we cut you off, Brianna. <laughs> yeah, me and him well, are arguing. <laughs> I, well, I've always been passionate about public health and health. I actually thought I was going to go to medical school. So I went to grad school for public health, and then afterwards... I've just been really more passionate about impacting many people at a time instead of one patient at a time. And I couldn't imagine myself working on the public policy battle because that's multiple decades long to get the kind of programs we need in our schools. So I was drawn to technology as a solution because of the scale of impact. And being in San Francisco, I had a lot of access to communities and groups to learn more about uh, you know, technology and, and having a startup. And so that's why I was drawn to that because of the accessibility and affordability that you can provide with tech. That makes a lot of sense. Um, had you been to any relationship counseling before you started the app or did you just get the exposure during that time that you started the sex ed nonprofit? Yeah, I got the exposure I would say mostly from that because we hired many, many different coaches to provide a variety of seminars, workshops, and, and coaching experiences for the uh, students in Tennessee. And uh, that's actually after that, the first app I founded was more sex ed focused, like for teens and young adults. And what we saw is that many, many adults were using our platform and not the young audience that we thought would be. Mm. And so they were using the app in a more complex way than it was designed for. The app was mostly designed for questions like what are what is herpes? Um, but we were getting very complicated questions like my husband says this and I want that and we're arguing about <laughs> it. And that's not really a Q&A type forum, um, you, you know, You just send format. them the, the, the canned herpes response? Like, yeah, what the hell? So, <laughs> so we actually rebuilt the entire app and relaunched it this year. So everything I'm talking about is uh, very new. And I've been really excited to see it grow and see the kind of impact we've been able to, to make with these users that, you know, you really don't have many places else to go. I mean, you can't really talk to your OBGYN about this because doctors are only trained in the really physiological aspects of it. And then, like I said, a lot of therapists actually don't know anything about sex. Uh, they're, they're totally trained to talk to you about, you know, your feelings and communication, but they can't really tell you like, oh, touch her this way, or do this Kegel exercise, or tie the rope in this other fashion. So really what we're, we're doing is we're combining the emotional and physical aspect of sex and relationships into one product, because I 
I definitely don't believe in separating sex and relationships. They just, they're naturally so much, so it goes so well together. It would be like a, you know, a fitness expert saying like, don't care, don't worry about your diet, just focus on exercise. Uh, it, and it doesn't make any sense to separate sex and relationships. So that's really what the core product offering is about now. Oh, I love that so much. I think that's a beautiful approach. Also a great analogy. And then I was uh, curious what your user base is like now. Is it still generally like, uh, you know, adults, I, I forget what you said, like late 20s into their 50s? Or have you re- started reaching a younger audience? Um, and are you getting more users now that you've expanded the app to uh cover all of these topics and have new features? Yeah, so our core users are between the ages of about 25 and 50, slightly more men. There's about 55% of our customers are men. Uh, our, our users are very thoughtful. They're into wellness and self-improvement. Um, I, I really love our, our user base. They're, <laughs> there's like no trolls and, and they really um, improve a lot and benefit from our coaching. I think, uh, yes, definitely we're growing. Uh, we built a product that, you know, it, it's a really interesting need and problem that we're solving. And we actually are able to offer everyone uh, a five-day free trial. So I think that helps for people that are kind of, you know, on the fence or, or don't understand really what coaching is all about. And so they get those five days completely for free with the coach. And then it's only $24 per week after that. Mm, that's great. Do you find you're getting a lot of users who maybe sign up for like one individual pro- uh, problem and then once they get it fixed, they cancel? Can you get yes. fixed after one answer though? You know, I feel like that's a more, it's a deeper thing. Right. Well, some it's, problems are simpler than others, but that's, that's a good point. Answer. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I'll let you answer the question. <laughs> I think one of the benefits is that Juicebox is incredibly flexible. So if you want to sign up for the coach and work with her for two weeks, to kind of solve some performance anxiety or, you know, discover techniques to be able to orgasm, then that's awesome. And then you can pause and come back to for two weeks another time. And then we also have people that really, really love working with our coach and, and we'll use her for six months plus. I think it's it's definitely dependent on what the client wants. This is awesome. Actually, I, I made the joke earlier about erectile dysfunction, but I have severe performance anxiety. And I will actually be using this app very shortly. Um, Love it. That's very great. I've talked about it on the podcast very times, and I still won't release my name. Uh, (laughs) Mother news. One question question I want to ask you is... um, when you go back in sex education, and, and right now you're you're this is such a an open sex ed, which I find is so beautiful to, and, and again, it, it's an audience right now. The the people, the demographic coming in is twenty five to uh, fifty. But man, I wish I had something like this when I was a kid because the sex education I had was so poor, and I feel like I'm still constantly. I feel like I'm just navigating sex through a, a smoky room. And um, I, one thing I want to ask you is one of the what was one of the biggest misconceptions that resonated with you with your early sex education? Mm, mm. Yeah, I think that young people definitely need better access. That that's definitely a huge problem, and I really believe that the only solution is a public policy battle and to get the right kind of programs that uh, students deserve in our public school systems. 
and to really talk about pleasure and consent and healthy relationships and communication and not just HIV and pregnancy prevention, because I think, uh, you know, like you said, it's very, very important. My sex ed was horrific. I mean, I learned things like, um, you know, the notebook is porn for women, just like, uh, Porn for men is is watching people have sex. Women's porn is watching the notebook, and it sets up bad expectations for relationships. I learned that uh, there was a workshop where we took a piece of tape, and we passed it around the room, and you put it on your blue jeans. And at the end, obviously, the piece of tape was very fuzzy from going around the room being on everyone's blue jeans. And <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, my God. The, is, that, is that how you develop pubes? No, the instructor. Oh, I misunderstood that. <laughs> the instructor explained that the piece of tape was someone who had sex before marriage because it collected all this like baggage from all their other sexual partners, and then the mar- their marriage would never last because the piece of tape could never stick well that again. That is brilliant propaganda. Oh my yeah. god, that is that is such. Oh, that is such shameful Catholicism. Sorry if anyone's religious on this. That is just there. There's there's a deep rooted shame to have that mentality yeah. about masking tape. <laughs> you uh, know yeah, I mean? like to relate anything to that is so crazy. That's I've you know I've actually I've never heard that one before. I've heard of people getting taught like the chewed gum analogy where it's yeah, like, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but like yeah, nobody wants to like chew gum that somebody else has chewed before. But it's like it makes me like it really like appalls <laughs> me that people are teaching young people this like I'm impressionable young people who don't know anything and then you grow up and find out that that was bullshit and they like betrayal you feel or like you feel like you wasted all this time under these certain notions because you thought these people like and they they come at it like that I'm the authority on this this is what it's like it's like it's really it's really terrible and that's why I think what you're doing uh is extremely important um yeah thank you I think Um, you know, a generation of adults never received proper education in our schools or from their parents. And and now we're dealing with that. We're dealing with uh, couples that are unhappy. We're dealing with the Me Too movement, Uh, you know, really difficult issues around erectile issues and pornography, and no one's able to talk about it. I know you got to wrap here, but very quickly, do you find, are you finding more techniques to talk to adults about sex? Because to me, all of these changes have to happen with adults and they have to happen with adults who are very um, not open to having these conversations to open to having um, honestly conversations about women women having pleasure you know it's it's very there, there are such big stigmas out there and the people that are making these policies are the adults they're not the children that are um, being mm-hmm. miseducated they're the adults that were miseducated miseducated their whole lives have you found a mm-hmm. technique to make it better or do you find anything, any way through this app that it makes it easier to have those conversations with people that are more mm-hmm. inept to? Well, yeah, that's what our, prof- our professional coaches went to school and training for. So I think it's really about meeting the client where they're at. You know, some of our clients struggle even saying the word sex and other of our clients are very advanced and, and want to learn about BDSM techniques. So our coaches definitely meet them there. And then we have other tools in the app like scripts and exercises that are interactive that help you communicate. For instance, we have a script called Difficult Conversations and it's a few steps long and you enter 
information in it about what you're struggling talking to your date or wife or partner about. And then at the end, the script automatically reorganizes itself into something that you could theoretically just copy and paste into a text or email to your partner, or it's really meant to just get you in the right, the right mindset so that you can have this conversation more easily uh, after you're you're outside of the app and talking to them in real life. That's awesome because so often when you're having those conversations with yourself and you want to have them with your partner, you're having them in your own head and you don't mm-hmm. know how to really articulate them to them. So that's, that's perfect. Yeah, and the coaches almost view it as like little homework assignments and then they can review them and, and maybe help you tweak them or help you reframe them in another way. Uh, so cool. I love that so much, and I know that that we we got to uh, let you go. But this has been so wonderful talking to you about this, and I'm really excited about your app. And I'm glad we connected with you. Uh, is there any last piece that you would like to leave us with that you feel that we didn't <laughs> last piece? Are you dying? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Say uh, your final wishes. Uh, <laughs> Your listeners can find Juicebox in the App Store by just typing in Juicebox one word. It's free to download, and then everyone gets a five-day free trial. And then you also can find us on Instagram at Juicebox App or check out our website at juiceboxit.com. And thank you so much for having me. And that's all she wrote. Remember to use the code men and women. That's men ampersand women when you sign up for Juicebox. If you like our show, subscribe to us, review us on iTunes or whatever podcast player you're listening on, and we will catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.